This is a Radio 1 91FM podcast. And right now we have Peter Feeney on the line. Peter, how are you today? I'm really good. Hey, mate. Nice to hear from you down there in Dunedin. Thank you. Um, well, one thing, um, just for the people at home, what is it that you do, Peter? I'm an actor. I've been an actor for about a quarter of a century, mm. and I've been teaching acting as well for actually a lot of that time, and I'm also a writer. Yeah, because you've just um, published a new book, Acting and How to Survive It. What was it like um, creating this book, and what kind of inspired it? Well, creating the book was a complete nightmare. If I can give anyone any <laughs> advice after having written it, it would be never to write a book. Um, but uh, I started off doing it really to support my teaching, because I have mm. an acting school in Auckland. So that was kind of like I wanted to be able to get up and work in the classes and not have to talk because I thought the best way to learn is on your feet. So I just wanted, really, I just started doing handouts and it got out of control. Um, and there were a couple of other motivators. One was there was nothing specifically a handbook for actors in New Zealand. Like a lot of actors have had good careers in New Zealand. A lot of actors have mm. gone and had good careers overseas. There was nothing really specific to conditions here. And I also felt like a lot of acting books suffered from two things. First of all, they peddled one particular system. So they were trying to say, this is the way to do it. And I didn't mm. try and be original. I stole from everything. I wanted to be really inclusive. The second thing was a lot of them didn't address the head game. And anything creative and just like sport is in the end about psychology. And I really yeah. wanted to explore how to live as a creative and, um, and play a winning head game as well. Yeah, because one of the is one of the topics based around COVID in the books. I remember reading like the research around it and stuff. Because like I want to know what is it like, especially being an actor. Because a lot of acting jobs have kind of disappeared, especially in the U.S. It's been very difficult yeah. over there. And how is it like managing the acting world? Like I know, uh, at least for through my parents, I found out like Shortland Street was able to create a COVID storyline and stuff like that, which was able mm. to manage mm. that whole sphere. But like, mm. especially for independent actors or um, people that are in television ongoing series and stuff, I'm not too sure how much involved yeah. with well, that you are. I was on, I was a guest on Brokenwood when we went into the second lockdown mm. and and that was, you know, very sudden, but it wasn't for long. And then we went back at level two. Um, what's happened in New Zealand, I have to just preface this and say we're so bloody lucky here. And we, of course, we forget it. And um, so what got, what suffered under the first lockdown was theatre. So theatre's taken a beat. Mm. Um, and TV and film has not been affected, aside from those two, two particular lockdowns. Of, had a, I think we had three weeks in Auckland. Yeah. The second one, we had we all we all had a month as a country in the first. But actually, what's happening is a lot of productions are coming here. So crew in particular are extremely busy. And there's a there was an historical opportunity anyway here for actors because you always had plenty of American stuff coming in, and then suddenly you had Lord of the Rings yeah. and a sudden demand for actors who could do a standard English accent. I got my start doing Hercules and Xena, so the first professional acting jobs I got huh. were on American shows. And you know, I never had to leave the country. So so that was happening anyway, but now yeah. it's really smashed. It's really smashed through. Um, and a lot of productions are coming here because it's, it's expensive. They are able to film overseas. But, you know, if you've got to give every crew member a COVID test every morning, you know, it's mm. quite expensive. 
Yeah, because I've been aware of, like, growing, especially here in Dunedin, like, there's production companies that have started opening up. I remember when I was younger starting to see, like, Power Rangers being filmed up in Auckland and stuff. Like, all those little things, like, popping up, yeah. and especially it seeing it grow. Um, one of the things is I want to know, especially when researching this book, of course, you teach acting, and you mentioned um, the mental gymnastics of the psychology around it all. But what are some of the aspects going into the research that you didn't maybe have hindsight looking into, especially regarding the New Zealand sphere? Or well, I can give you what I think is a good example. <clears throat> I mean, you know, an acting life is a wonderful and fulfilling trait of life, but it's also a life of, of disappointment and rejection. Mm. And it's your ability to be able to handle those things that is going to enable you to last the distance and have a long career. Now, Ashley Bloomfield, the Director General of Health, actually confessed that all through his stand-ups and all through lockdown, he was suffering from imposter syndrome. Yeah. He was saying to himself, I can't do this, I can't do this. Um, so that's a level of doubt that's not unusual. What got him through was something called the 15% rule, and that's something that I adhere to. And that is that you only have control over about 15% of the things that happen to you, 15%. Now, an actor really needs to know that. They need to know that their time will come. They need to know that they did the best audition, but they went right for the role. You know, they need to know that casting is arbitrary, that there's luck. And, and, and in the long run, if you're good at what you do, you'll get there. But there's a lot of twists and turns on the way. And if actors can accept that, then they can concentrate on the 15% that they do have control over. And then they can focus on that, and then they won't go mad. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel that. Like, I feel like that's also now a lot more prevalent in every single aspect of Jaws like especially in these creative fields it's not necessarily about how good you are it's who you know at points it's like these interweaving politic games yes yes and the best example of that is your um, compatriot um, no no that's what I'm talking about he's Australian um, Montgomery Dak from Montgomery mm. who did that sort of world famous self test for Stranger Things for yeah um, oh yeah I remember when that came out yeah, yeah. that was insane I I've, I've met with a classmate of his. I was working in Australia last year, and I worked with a guy called um, Ben Chappell, who mm. you knew him from Whopper. And he he said that, that we were taught there that, that there must be an intersection of art and commerce. Yeah. So you can be as good as you like, but if only your flatmates know about it, you know, and, and Dacra really embraced that and worked really hard to get representation. Then he worked really hard to get American representation. Then he worked really hard to get lots of self-tapes. And he got... The breakthrough role for him was actually trained. Oh no, it was the Power Rangers movie, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, I remember seeing that him as yeah, the Red Ranger. That took him. That was a year of self-taping in his last year at Whopper. Mm. That that got him there. So, um, yeah, and, and here's the thing: not everyone's great at networking. You know, yeah. we've all got our strengths and our weaknesses, and I think you have to concentrate on the 15 percent that you can manage, and you also have to accept who you are. And you, you, because in the end, authenticity is your brand. And that's also a big shift. So when I started acting, it was all about versatility. It was all about, um, um, sorry, I was just about wandered in. Um, yeah. It was all about um, being able to play lots of different roles in community theatre. But now it's a global marketplace. And you can cut through, if you're right for a role, you can get cast in New Zealand to, to work in anywhere in the world. So it's a, it's a slightly different game now. Mm. And so in well, that case, <laughs> um, I want to know, because, of course, not really knowing the acting sphere, 
personally, um, and especially for some of the people at home who might be intrigued to pick up this book, what is one of the major differences between New Zealand acting and maybe American acting, especially in this time of globalization? Well, I think the thing is, for a New Zealand actor, this is a really good place to start. Mm. Auckland is the LA of New Zealand, but Auckland is a lot easier to break into than LA. Um, And you can make a start here, and what's going to make you better is work. And you can get work here, and you can make work here. And it's a pretty kind environment. And then you can take it as far as you want. So in terms of for actors in America or New Zealand or Canada or France or anywhere, I mean, it's no different. It's hard work. It's constant yeah. graft. You've got, it's a vocation. It's not a job. So it's, it's like joining the priesthood. You've got to be, you know, you've got to be really obsessed with it. And, and you just have to go, go hard at the local level. And then in New Zealand, of course, just keep your eye on the bigger game, you know, because a lot of the people that have done really well overseas, that shit didn't drop in their lap. I mean, no. Chris Curtis made constant trips to LA on the back of different shows, Desperate Remedies and Hercules and getting just building his representation and profile. So when Once Were Warriors hit, which was his breakthrough movie, he could go to LA and he was ready. So that, so people like Carla Barn, they work it. Those guys, and guy like Carl went over after the second Lord of the Rings film and he worked it. And, and so, yeah, but I think it's both. I think people can live in a kind of a self-test dreamland because people can you know lots of people in Auckland right now are testing for overseas you know LA productions in their lounge yeah. but you've got to make it work for you I think at the local level too with, with your colleagues and compatriots because there's really exciting things happening in New Zealand as well oh it? there definitely is like is uh what was it uh the Blumhouse film uh the remake of Black Christmas was partially filmed here at the Otago University for example, and like I've got friends that might aren't actors, but they're in it now as just extras. And there was another film not so long ago um, with Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. about um, Sylvia, Sylvia Plath, who, which was filmed because I mean, you know, Otago University, beautiful university. I mean, it looks like Oxford. Mm. Um, and I did want to just quickly get in that my um, father and my grandfather both studied at. Otago. One did my father did medicine, my grandfather did dentistry. <laughs> Amazing <laughs> family relationship. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh yeah, I've spent heaps of time in Dunedin. So mm-hmm. I've worked at the Fortune Theatre. Um, R.I.P. Oh yeah, that was a sad day for the acting world here. I remember going to like the improv nights back then. Those yeah, and fun. that's another whole conversation, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's 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 interesting now, but I feel like everything's going to start picking up again, especially since we are so lucky here, um, and a lot of productions are starting to move here, like Avatar 2, 3, 4. I'm not even sure how many are going to be filmed here now, but I know James Cameron's fully resident here, so who knows? See yeah, what happens. Yeah. Are you serious? I mean, he's planning, I think you're right. I think he's planning like three or something. Right? Yeah, I remember when he first announced him, I was just like, you can't keep on with the story, but we'll see what happens in that future and realm. But thank you very yeah. much, Peter, for taking time out of your day to speak with us here at Radio 1. Um, hope oh, look, to. Thank you so much for talking to me. Can I just give a quick shout-out to the University Bookstore that's selling my book? Yes, well. I was going to mention that. Yeah, the University Bookshop is one of the stockists for your book. You can also get yeah. it online if there is any international le- um, readers, um, listeners, readers, um, on Amazon, correct? And yes, you can, and um, UK Book Depository. Awesome. Well, like I said, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I hope you have a good day. Kakite. Hey, thanks, man. Ah.
Yeah, so if you do want to get your hands on Peter's book, Acting and How to Survive It, you can go to the University Bookshop and get your hands on it. I'd highly recommend it if you are an aspiring actor, especially what I've gone out of him, because like, I am a bit ignorant regarding the film industry. I do slightly know a bit about it from my first-year media course, but not enough. Thanks for listening to Radio 191 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.